one name that we did not put on the prayer list that I do want to pray for actually right now as you actually stand with me. I'm going to have you stand as we pray and as I read the passage of Scripture. So would you please, please stand with me? Lord, today we pray that you will anoint the vessel as we break open the word of God. We pray today that you will speak to us and through me. We lift up the name of our Savior, the King of glory, the Lord Almighty, mighty in battle. Today we honor you that we can even call on that precious name. The name that every knee is going to bow to one day. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we thank you that you have given us the privilege to be able to say thank you and amen right now. Today we pray for Smitty. We lift him up. Right now, we pray that you will keep him, save him, bring him to yourself. We lift up Val Kamai in the name of Jesus, dealing with now the loss of his wife and his health not being the best. We are praying for the generation that is passing on, praying for Jerry in the name of our Savior. Lord, we want souls to be saved. Hearts to be changed. And so we honor you today and lift up these individuals specifically. My God, we honor you and thank you that the body of Christ can pray for people. And today as we prepare to hear, may our attention be on what the Spirit is saying at this time, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing. I'm going to be reading from the NI, excuse me, from the ESV, English Standard Version. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it was going to read further on, but I am not. You may be seated. The Lord bless the reading of his word. You have the passage that we read. The title that I'm going to give this sermon is Priceless. Priceless. You cannot accidentally... Get saved. Can't accidentally get saved. You cannot accidentally go to heaven. Just like Christ did not accidentally come to this earth. You don't accidentally come to him. If Christ does not draw you 
you will never be saved. For people to erroneously, to erroneously believe that one day they can make their own decision to come to Jesus, it really plays right into the hands of the enemy. Satan cannot make you do anything. But boy, can he show whisper and tempt you. He has access to you. You are no match for the enemy. I know some people think they can match Satan and they say, come on, bring it on, Satan. I'm ready for you. Bring on everything that you got. You are no match for Satan. Salvation in the kingdom of God does not originate with man. The world in which we live, this world, is a world that is passing away. If you think that you came to stay here, you have another thought coming, another thing coming. You did not come to stay here. Now, I know that, that we, we go purchase things and we buy stakes and we put our stakes in the ground and hammer it down says, I am not moving. In fact, some of you have put stakes around where you live and said, this is where I live. This is my property. In fact, if you have property, you have a border, some, you have a place that, that if a person comes, you tell them you are trespassing. There's some places you go, you trespass, they say trespassers will be shot on sight. Stay away. <laughs> they got some places with the alarm sign in the front warning you that this place is protected. They got some false sign that says, beware, a dog is on the premises. Now, now and, and in my case, when I was growing up, the dog was not on the property. The dog laid in the middle of the street. His name was Bingo. He lived at 35 Park Circle. His last name was Smith. Bingo Smith. Bingo was one of those dogs that guarded his property in the street. He would wait till you pass by and then sneak up behind you and growl and bite you if you weren't careful. Bingo. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't put that dog on the leash. That dog would bite. They didn't have, to, they didn't have no leash laws back then. <laughs> But there are premises that people live where that premise is protected. There are places. Now, this place is not your home. I know that you might have cut out a, a small piece and call it yours, but you are really only a steward. It doesn't belong to you. So don't try to hold on too tightly. It's not yours. This world is not yours. It belongs to God. The Lord has prepared a place for those who love him. He has prepared a place in which you are to dwell with him throughout all eternity. He blesses you on this earth. He gives you things to enjoy. But this place is not your home. Point one, valuable treasure. Writing the points down, valuable treasure. 
In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, you know, I did pretty good. I didn't use my glasses last week, didn't use them today. When I read, I'm going to look, look I'm going to use them right now for a minute. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. When I was reading this, I spent time in looking at ver- there were commentators and have various thoughts about this passage. But I left kind of scratching my head. And there are some commentators who say that Christ is the man who sold everything and that we are the valuable treasure. There are some who says that the lost tribe of Israel is the valuable treasure. Other commentators say that the context of this parable that's given uh, does not lend itself to this interpretation. Some people would like to focus on the integrity of the man who found the treasure and then went and bought the field. Some commentators have suggested again that this is a parable about individuals, but it's not a parable about a man seeking the Lord because a man can never seek the Lord on his own. The important thing about this parable is that it is concerned about the value, how valuable and precious is the kingdom, the value that it has to offer, all that it has to offer. It is priceless. There should be nothing that you are not willing to give up for the kingdom. The kingdom holds and has everything that you could ever want, but people don't value the kingdom of heaven. You hit some people's car and they'll let you know what they value. You damage some people's property and they'll let you know what they value. But the value, the real value of the kingdom is not often valued by people. This parable is not talking about one's salvation. You cannot buy your salvation. Salvation can't be bought dealing with what the value is of the kingdom. When you consider this man that is in this field, You will know that this man found this treasure not because he was looking for it, but he happened to come upon this treasure is the way that it is presented. Is that, and in fact, if you think about this, this man would be considered to be a laborer in a field that's possibly been hired in this field and in his work comes across this treasure in this field. He is not looking for the treasure. What you come to discover is that in this time of Jesus' day, people didn't have banks. And some of y'all still don't put your money in the bank. Because if you ain't got a certain amount in there, they'll, they'll take fees from you monthly. Got to have this amount of month, this amount in savings. Can't go below this balance in the checking. What kind of sense does that make? My money, paying you to put my money there? 
Tell y'all, y'all better go to the credit union. <laughs> but people didn't have banks. And so what people would do, they would find places to go hide their treasure. They would hide their money in, away from the house, away from where they lived, where only they knew the spot where it was. And they would go hide their treasure, their valuables. Even those in the army would go hide their valuables. Now, what's one of the things that would happen? You see, one of the things that that comes across in this day is that when a person would hide their treasure and nobody knew where it was, the person could die and the treasure would remain buried in the ground. And so a person who happened to maybe be doing some work would come across that treasure. And that treasure that was hidden would become the property of the person who found it. Or if the owner, if it was owned, the treasure, because possibly the owner of that land didn't even know it was there, they might at times split the treasure. But in this particular situation, this man finds a treasure. And he goes and he finds a different place. And the idea is not that he hides it, but he buries it again to where only he knows where it is. Help us, Lord. The treasure was so valuable that his joy was exceeding. He was so excited. And this man being poor said, i got to buy this field. And the Bible says that he went and, and, he, and he sold everything that he had in order to buy that field. You see, because if you buy the field, you own everything that's in the field. If the man that owned the field knew the treasure was there, he would have more than likely taken steps to remove it before the man went to work, or he would have been watching to make sure that man was digging awful close to where my treasure is. But there is no, no, no concern or statement that anybody claim this treasure. So this man goes and finds a place and hides it. The field is not what's important. It's what the field contains that's important. The man is not concerned about the field, but he knows that in order for me to have everything there, I need to purchase the field. Because there is a treasure in the field. Do you not know that you are a treasure in earthen vessels? Do you not know that God has a price on you that is so valuable that he excludes everything else just to get to you? And some people have the nerve to say, I don't want him now. Now the Lord had said in the message that we preached last week, about the seed that was sown, that the field represented the world. Now, if we we consider this and we were to extrapolate that the treasure is in the world and that the world understands this, the world misses the treasure. The world goes after the field, but not the treasure. Do you know that? The world is more concerned about the things of the world, but not the treasure. 
The man is more interested in the treasure. And even though he may be poor, he finds a way to be able to get this treasure. This world is perishing. It's like a person on a sinking vessel says, I can't let go of this vessel. My fortune is on this vessel. And the lifeboat is over this thing. Just come on, let it go. Get into the lifeboat. I don't want to let go of the person. I'm going down with the ship. There are some people that are so tied to stuff that to lose it meant that it would mean that they would lose their very life. Now, I know how precious plants are to my wife. I know that. They're precious. I don't bother her garden. I value living at 28 Region Circle. I, I just know. And I tell you, sometimes if I happen to kick a plant, I, my thought is, do I tell her that I just knocked over one of her plants and is possibly injured? <laughs> Brother Jerry said, don't do it. <laughs> that, that's her passion. And she knows something that's important to me. Do I tell him this? Some of y'all contemplate whether you tell somebody something that's precious to them. You tell them, am I going to let them know? But we've got to be willing to let things of this world go in order to get to the treasure. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. Man, do you not know that you have no idea of the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Will someone please find 1 Corinthians 2.9. I believe it's 2.9. Sister Michelle, you have it right quicker. Brother Smith. I believe that's what passages comes to my mind right now. 2.9 and 10. 1 Corinthians 2.9 and 10. Please read that. Listen to this. Here it is right here. But as it is written... Things which I saw not. That's the ASV. I want a different version. Go ahead and put it in the King James Version or ESV. Wouldn't it give me another version? But, all right, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those what? Who love him. Go to 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. And yea, even the deep things of God. When we consider even heaven, even though this verse may be a little bit different in what, what we're dealing with here. But, but when you think about the things that God has prepared, your mind can't even comprehend it. God has to give you a new mind. You know what you do? Enjoy heaven. You got to have a new body. Your body would blow up trying to see God and see heaven right now. God's got to give you a new body. Got to give you new eyes. Got to give you a new makeover. Because your body and your mind can't comprehend. And only thing you would be able to say, oh my goodness, to be able to experience the awesomeness of God and the fullness thereof. He's going to give you a new body. 
We try to grasp in this mind what heaven is going to be like, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And your mind sometimes began to kind of shake because it can't grasp how powerful it is and what the Lord has. It's a treasure. Point number two, the pearl of great value, the pearl of great value. This pearl and the following parable after this dealing with the net that we're not going to actually address, have the word again. The word again in the treasure ties, this parable of the pearl ties into the treasure. They, they go together. Just as the Lord was given the other parables earlier, there's a tie-in. Now get this, I want you to understand. The parable, excuse me, the parable that we were addressing last week The people were there. The crowds were there. But remember, the Lord left the crowd and went into the house. As he's giving this parable of the treasure and the pearl of great price, he is with his disciples. Doesn't describe him as being with the people. The focus of the other parable was on the treasure. This parable here is focusing on the merchant. The purchaser, the merchant, unlike the poor peasant, appears to be a person of means. I don't care whether a person is rich or poor. When they understand the value of the kingdom, they're willing to give up everything for it. And let me tell you this, there's nothing more precious than your life. People will do whatever is required to try to protect themselves. I know I'm right. Have a car coming at you full speed, and let me see you not try to get out of the way. Try to find a tree to run behind. You're going to find some way to get out of the way. That adrenaline is going to take over and going to cause your legs to move. When you see danger, you're going to try to get out of the way. Out of the way. Both of the parables, uh, both of them were able to gain, and when you look at them, They were able to gain the possession of the valuable item that they saw. Now, the man that's the merchant is looking for pearls. He was a person that dealt in pearls. Now, it was interesting as I was studying this. It was in that in many of the Jewish um, um, in Palestine or in the Jewish area when Jesus was 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 living. Many of the Jewish people didn't always value pearls. Many of the other nations did. And it's sometimes, sometimes called stone, but I, I found different things related to this. But pearls were very valuable. Very, very valuable. It is interesting that in this parable of the merchant, he is a merchant that looks at pearls and he's trying to find this. He's going after this one. He finds this one pearl. Now look at what it says in verse number 40. 40 Six or 45, I'll start there. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This man knew the value of the pearl. And whatever he had before thought and said, this pearl is worth everything. Everything I own, everything I possess, 
Now let me just tell you what some of the commentators believe. And that is, the, the, the pearl represents the church. That when we look at a pearl and how a pearl is made. A pearl is made by an injury. An oyster, when you think about a piece of sand that gets into this to the oyster, it, it, it begins to wrap itself. And when you begin to look at this pearl as it begins to be made, it's made from an injury. And a pearl is one of the only stones, one of the only precious stones that cannot be cut. You cut it and you ruin it. Diamonds, jasper, diamonds can be cut. But a pearl is ruined if you cut it. Only here and in Revelation does it speak of pearls. We think of the pearly gates of heaven. Pearls are made out of injury. The church was born out of injury. The church was established from injury. When we, we, when we think of this, the merchant is the one that's seeking the pearl. He's the one that's going after. People don't seek God on their own. It takes the Spirit of the Lord to draw a person. But we find this merchant searching. And when he finds one, one pearl of value, he says, it's worth everything I own. The kingdom of heaven cannot be compared to anything on this world, on this earth. Nothing. That's okay. The kingdom of heaven can't be compared to anything. Let me ask you this. What, why is it that people value that which is valueless? Why are people valuing that which is valueless? You think of the world and what the world has. It's rubble. It's going to be burned up. But when we think about the pearl, that which is very precious, it's only a few. But this man was willing to sacrifice everything. Indeed, the kingdom of heaven is priceless. And understand this, to have a kingdom, there must be a king. Both men, both individuals, the man who found the treasure and the merchant, found value in the item. One was a treasured possession, one was a pearl. They found the value. I'm going to say this as I began to bring this to a conclusion. When you consider the end of time, you will find people reevaluating their life, the, the, the decisions that they've made. People began to take inventory of how they lived and began to say, I wish I would have done this or valued this more. It is customary for people to reevaluate where they spent their time, what they place the highest value on. But do you not know that right in the midst of the field, 
That's where the treasure was. The merchant found the pearl. And get this, both of them, the wealthy as well as the poor, they were able to obtain it, even though it cost them everything. When we come to God, we must come with the attitude that, really, it's going to cost me everything. You see, you come to the Lord because he, he is the answer. He laid himself down for us. He gave himself. When you consider even Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8, when we think about Jesus, is that every knee is going to bow to him. When we think about the fact that he's the one. In fact, pull up real quickly Philippians chapter 2. Let's pick up at verse number 5. Philippians 2, 5, and this is what it says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I'm going to go on. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The kingdom has to have a king. And Jesus is the king of the kingdom. The kingdom is worth going after, y'all. It is worth possessing. But it requires the Lord to do the drawing. When it's all said and done, and all the evaluations have been made. Do you not know the only kingdom that will be standing is the kingdom of God? The Lord is coming back from, for the church. He's coming back for the church that's in the world. The church is in the world, but he's coming back for the church. The gift of the kingdom, or the kingdom itself, is priceless. You have to be willing to give everything for mercy, for grace, for truth. The kingdom is full of things. Compassion, love, long-suffering, thanksgiving, thankfulness, grace, mercy, truth. All part of the kingdom. And it's yours when you possess the kingdom. God bless you. God bless you. Right where you are, if you would bow your heads. Today, Lord, we are praying that we will value the kingdom, the priceless kingdom. It is our prayer today that you will help us to recognize that what we have, that if it's not bringing honor to you and if we're not using it to your glory or even being willing to use it for your glory for that, for the kingdom. Help us to remember these things will fade and, pa and pass away. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. May we, Lord, value the kingdom. May we make the kingdom a priority. We thank you. And then, Lord, we want to thank you for the church. The church has grown through persecution, through trials, through tribulation. Oh, when we think about the church, we think about the value that you have placed on the body, that you are coming back for the church. Because it is your body. We love you today and we praise you. We honor you and lift up the name of Jesus. And we glory in you today for being the great and mighty king of the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven is priceless. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.